Titus chapter 3, verse number 3, For we ourselves were also sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness of the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of the eternal life. Here's that saying, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will thou, thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto, all, unto men. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving above the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is a heretic after, his, after the first and second nation rejects, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. Ask you to just touch hearts. Help us to be what we need to be. Father, we just praise you for what you do. Empty himself and fill with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We have arrived at the last faithful saying from Paul this morning. Beginning in, in 1 Timothy, Paul gives us four faithful sayings. Uh, the last stop on this journey of saying is found here in Titus chapter 3. Uh, we have looked at the faithful saying of salvation in 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is a faithful saying worthy of of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I am chief, Paul said. We have looked at the faithful saying of sanctification. Last week we looked at the faithful saying of suffering. This morning we're looking at the Titus chapter 3 and dealing with the faithful saying of service. Service this morning. In, chapter, uh, in Titus chapter 3 and verse 8 we are reminded to you and I to continue serving God. Let me say this before we jump into the message. You can't serve God just any way you want to. Wherever you want to. Amen. God has a particular way and a particular place and a particular purpose for everybody in here this morning to serve Him. He's not just interested in just saving you, but He's also interested in serving Him after you get saved this morning. We find that the Bible tells us uh, the reason why God called us out of the darkness. Uh, the reason why He saved us was just not to give us fire insurance, but it's also that we might turn about and, uh, and, and show forth praises of the one that have saved us, that called us out of the darkness into His marvelous light this morning. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 12, and said that we are served God acceptably, and reverence and God fear, godly fear. If we're to serve God acceptantly, there must be an unacceptable way to serve God this morning. Amen? There's a way of serving God that God looks at and says, I like that. I accept that. There's a, there's a way of serving God that God looks at and says, that's unacceptable. I, I don't like that. I don't want that. You might figure out to exactly what it is God wants out of your life this morning. 
but also to do your dead level best to serve Him the best you possibly can this morning. Can I tell you that I, I, I am a sorry Christian this morning, but I've never been sorry that I am a Christian this morning. I, I've been a faithless Christian this morning, but there's never been a time that he has never been unfaithful to me. But thank God he has always been faithful to me this morning. I've messed up the whole lot in serving the Lord. If the servant of the God Lord could be looked at as working for somebody, I have messed up on my employment time. I have tripped up, stumbled up, fell down and everything else. I messed up, but I'm glad that I am not looking to quit on the Lord this morning. I'm not looking to throw in the towel this morning, no matter what goes down the road. I'm looking to stay in the service of the Lord this morning. I love the way Paul words it in verse number 8, which we have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Paul said he, he wants us to maintain good works. That word maintain means to keep something up, keep it from falling into a state of disrepair. If you have a car, you have to pull regular maintenance on it. If you don't pull regular maintenance on it, get the oil changed, uh, uh, sooner or later it, it's going to fall apart on you. It, it, it will stop running. You go out and try to start it up and, and the battery's dead and, and the weather on it gets sealed and the, the oil get all messed up. You, you got to pull that regular routine maintenance on it. If you got a garden, you, you plant a garden, you've got to pull maintenance on your garden. You've got to get out there and till it up. You've got to pull the weeds. You've got to do all those things in order to enjoy what the garden can produce. If you don't put maintenance on these things, you're not going to enjoy the things that God wants you to. And Paul is saying the same thing. If you want to enjoy your service and serving God, you must do some maintenance on your service for the Lord this morning. I'm afraid a lot of Christians have done that to their salvation. They just let it run. Their walk with God, they stop pulling maintenance on it. Yes, we've been saved, but after you've been saved, there should be some regular routine maintenance on your walk with God this morning. I'm afraid that we have Christians that have their gardens that let it grown out of shape. They've got weeds in it, they got grass in it, and they can't, produce, they can't get to produce of what the garden wants to give them this morning. Nothing has gone right. They've gone dead. Nothing moves them anymore. Nothing excites them anymore. Because they have ceased to pull maintenance on their service in the Lord this morning. Paul said you have to maintain these good works. You can't slack off of it. You slack off a little bit for too long. You won't be doing them anyway. You'll stop. You start slacking on your Bible reading, you'll stop reading your Bible. You stop slacking on your praying, you'll stop uh, praying. If you stop uh, attending church, uh, uh, you'll stop it. If you slack on any of these things, Paul says, you're going to wind up being dead and gone and not moved. If you start slacking on your walk with God, you'll end up a dead Christian this morning. You've got to maintain your service with the Lord this morning. I've talked to people, and they say, hey, you need to slow down, or you're going to get burned out. You get excited, you need to slow down. 
Well, I'd rather burn out for God than rust out for God this morning. That's just going out, people just going out and getting rusty. They sit down on God. They don't do nothing for God. They don't move on God no more. God can't even move them anymore to get them to come to the house of God. I'm not looking to get burned out. I'm looking to get taken out. This is an acceptable saying of service this morning. You realize maintenance is not always fun. But it's necessary. It is necessary. I don't enjoy pulling maintenance on anything I got. I don't enjoy it one bit. In fact, I had a truck set out in my driveway for so long, when I went out to start it, it was dead. Didn't have no juice to it at all. I, I don't pull regular maintenance on it. If you, how many of y'all go out in the wintertime and start your lawnmowers? But first summer comes, first grass cutting comes, you go out to crank and crank it up. It's because you ain't pulling maintenance on it. You say, well, I ain't got to pull maintenance and I'm not going to use it at any time during the winter time. But yeah, it still needs that required maintenance to get the job done when it is required. Amen. The same thing with your walk with God. There's some service to maintain your walk with God no matter when it is or where it is that you're going to have to use it. You could use it any time. You could be down at the store and somebody talks to you about God and God says your regular maintenance is right here and I want to show it through you but if you're dead on your maintenance you're dead on your walk in God you cannot do the things God wants you to do Paul says there's some things that we need to maintain some things that we need to keep service for the Lord on how, how do we maintain our service for the Lord individually how, how do we maintain our service for the Lord collectively as a church together. I, I don't want to lose what we have. I, I get guest preachers come in, they preach, and, and they always tell me, man, you got something going on here. And then uh, people tell me, I, I, I love your church. I love what you're going on. I, got, I love it. I don't want to lose that. God is doing something we don't want to stop. So what do we need to maintain in order to stay where we're at in our walk with God? Individually and as a church. First thing I see, we need constant affirmation. Verse number 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou will affirm constantly. Keep on saying it. Keep on confirming it. Y'all wonder why sometimes I, sometimes I keep harking on something or hitting on something I was commanded to. I was constantly affirming in your hearing, in your heart this morning that we are to maintain good works if we believe and trust Jesus Christ this morning. This is what it said in the text. Paul is telling Titus in the text, this is it. He's telling him, don't let them forget. Don't let them forget. That's the problem with a lot of Christians we have today. They have forgotten. We was just reminded here recently of uh, 9-11. It was all over TV. Everybody remember 9-11, and you should remember 9-11. But I believe as America on a whole, we have forgotten 9-11. 
We have got, now you say, how in the world could that be? Well, let me tell you what. On 9-11, what happened? Terrorists struck United States. What it is, and that's what churches have forgotten. Let me just say this. That's what Christians have forgotten. They have forgotten what God has done for them. They have forgotten where God had brought them from. They forgot that God reached down to that darkness pit and pulled you to that pit and set you in his marvelous light. We have forgotten that. We've gotten so used to coming to church and going through a routine in day in, day out, and we've forgotten what God has done for us. Come on, God saved your sorry soul this morning. We've forgotten that. Churches are forgetting that. You can see it in churches everywhere you go. They're forgotten. They go through the routines of having a form of church. God help us, really. If you can't remember where God has brought you from, Lord, I do. I, I remember where he's brought me from. I, 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 every now and then, that song, uh, remind me now and then, Lord, where you brought me from, where I could have been. I know where I could have been. I know what I was. I, I was heading the wrong way. I was on my way to hell. I was heading there fast and sure, but God reached down in my heart and got me right with him. He sent me up out of that darkness. I'm no longer heading in that direction no more. I will not forget what he's done for me. But we have forgotten what he's done for us. We've forgotten that. We've stuck our heads in a hole and we have forgotten. This is how countries die. They forget. They forget. <laughs> Can I say this? You married people? <laughs> Sit up and listen closely. You remember why you got married? Because you, lo lo you loved her. <laughs> you, you loved her. You remember why you got married? Because you love you. Everything, and you remember those things. I, my wife tells me all the time, uh, you made me laugh. I made her laugh. But sometimes now those things I used to do to make her laugh, getting on her nerves. <laughs> Will you quit whistling? <laughs> we have forgotten in our marriage why we got married. And that's why marriages get torn up because we forgot why we married each other. Amen? Well, she can't go wrong because she got something good. <laughs> she, she knows the feeling. Brother. Oh, brother. There's where two or three gathered. <laughs> We, we forget why we do things. In a country that forgets, we see in our country today, and I'm gonna, I, this is just an illustration why we forget things. We're taking down history in our country and putting something up else. You forget where you came from, you're doomed to repeat what you came from. Hey, I'm just telling you, we, we forget we're tearing down our nation, we're tearing down our country, and don't get me wrong, I, I feel everybody has the exact same right that everybody else in this country has. But when you start tearing down those things 
that makes us remember where we were and how we got there, then you're going to forget and you're going to soon repeat what you've begun. You, you, <laughs> you forget where God brought you out of, you'll get right back into it. I'm just telling you that. Amen. We, we forget, and Paul's telling them, so Timmy, uh, Titus, don't let them forget what God has done for them. Don't, don't let them forget what God has brought them from. Don't let them forget what God has done for them. We forget. There is something that you have to constantly affirm. Here Paul tells us, did you notice before Paul said constantly affirm, he said this is a faithful saying. He took us to the, all the way back before we ever met Jesus. He reminded us where God had gotten us from. And the best remedy for continuing your service and maintaining your service with the walk with Christ is go back and to remember where he has brought you from. Look what he said in verse number 3. He is constantly reminding and constantly affirming, for we ourselves are also sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Paul said, don't, don't get so high and mighty, so holier than thou. Don't forget who you are, where God has brought you from. Let me tell you this, if you think, if you say, well, I've been saved this many years. I'm better than somebody else. Hey, we're all sinners saved by grace. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. If God has pulled you out of the darkness and set you in his marvelous light, it doesn't matter what you've done. Don't think you're so high and mighty. We think that. Paul said, don't think that. Just now and then walk down memory lane and remember where you got came from. Amen. Remember when you were living out there and you had no hope? He came to you and gave you hope. You had no peace, he came to you and gave you peace. Just living for a bottle for the weekend, living for a high, living for another bed to jump into. And he said, I got you out of that. Don't go back there. Oh, but watch verse number four, he said. But, and I love that word. I think it's one of the greatest words in the Bible. But the grace of God. But the grace. But, I love it. Thank God for the but. After that, the kindness of the love of God, our Savior toward men appeared, not by, work, not by works of righteousness which we have done. That's not what you've done. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. He said, oh, you have gone lost and gone, gone to hell. But one day Jesus came by and invested grace into your life. Uh, and God picked you up and washed you off and put you in the family of God this morning. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget that. You know why some Christians don't serve God anymore? They've done got while they were serving God. You know why you, you, you start serving God to begin with? You're madly in love with Him. You were just so happy 
You had peace that you never had before. You'd walk around happy. You had joy. You had peace in your life that you never experienced that kind of peace and happiness before. You started reading your Bible, finding all the promises of God, and you couldn't get enough of it. Couldn't get enough of it. Well, after you've been saved for a while, for years, you've figured it all out. You've gotten to a place where it doesn't move you no more. It doesn't affect you no more. God help us take our hand off and walk back in the memory lane to remind us what we were before he came to our lives, where we'd be going to it, where hell was our home, but God yanked us out of that darkness and put us in his marvelous light. God ought to help us remember he established our walk, he established our path. God is our Savior. I'm so glad heaven's my home this morning. The Holy Ghost is on the inside this morning. I'll tell you what will keep serving Him. You need to be constantly reminded of your past. We have forgotten. That's how Christians die. That's how churches die. We have forgotten. We lose the, the wonder of it all of being saved. We lose the awe of it all. The awesome of being saved. We start hearing those songs and, and we take them for granted. We hear the preaching. We start taking it for granted. No longer does it do anything for us. Paul said you need to be reminded. I want to constantly, thou constantly affirm. He said, Titus, you need to tell them often and regular. Over and over. Why, they will forget if you don't. You ain't to live in the past. Praise God, we're not to live in the past. But it's good for the Holy Ghost to take us to the back past sometimes and other to get us to get a better focus on our future and where we're heading this morning. Must be a constant, a, a firm. But also it said be careful activity. Verse number 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will thou confirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. He said you need to be careful to keep up your good works. That word careful doesn't mean to watch out, be careful of, but it, it implies here that it means that you have given it great thought, great intent. You carefully thought it out. You're really paying attention to something. You put a lot of thoughtful time into it. Please understand this, what I'm about fixing to say to you. You as a Christian, as a believer, you can't live a carefree life. A carefree Christian life will become a casualty in the Christian walk this morning. You, you can't live carefree. You must constantly think about what you're doing. If you're skipping through low, uh, life and tiptoeing through the tulips, you're absolutely no thought about what's going to happen to you. What are you doing? What are you going to wind up at? The Bible says be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. You better be careful in the activities this morning. You know why Paul said, Titus, 
This is because of the evil society that Titus is living in. Paul has three after the faith that he's called the son. He calls Timothy and Titus Onesimus. Timothy gets the cushion job. He gets the pastor of that church at Ephesus. That's a good, good job to have today. Today churches would be, pastors would be knocking on that door trying to get that job. But in chapter 1, Paul said, For this cause let I thee in Crete should have set in order the things that are wanting. Paul said, Titus, I'm leaving you here on this little island of Creek. That is uh, the wicked, and you're going to have to plow every step, my son. I bet Titus thought, well, God bless you. Thank you, brother. You give me a good job. Timothy gets over our Ephesus. He's got everything going for him already, and you stick me in this place. Look over to chapter 1. Look at chapter 1 there. Don't you see what the, this is chapter 1 here. See what? Look at t- verse number 12. Th- th- these are the people, the congregation that Titus has to deal with. These are the people that Titus has to deal with day in, day out. Paul said, I- I'm leaving you here. This young preacher, Titus, I'm, I'm going to leave you here. And I-, I want you to remind them every day why they got saved. And the reason why Paul told him, I want you to remind them every day, constantly affirming their life while they get saved. Verse number 12, one of them, even a prophet of their own, said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This is Titus's congregation. Verse 13, this witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith. Verse 16, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. What a congregation you leave me with, Paul. What a crowd of folks, you said. They're, they're liars always. They're evil beasts. They're so bellies. They're abominable. They're disobedient. A bunch of reprobates. And this is my job to preach them. This is the kind of people we're dealing with in society today. The exact kind of people we're dealing with in society. You have to constantly reaffirm careful activity because they're in such a wicked, decadent society that they have to live a clean life so that they don't fall back into what they came out of. You say, what has that got to do with us? Well, we're living in a wicked, decadent society today. We're living in a filthy, wicked, ungodly society today. And think about it. It's all, it's all right to parade up and downtown streets and make a mockery of God and a rainbow while perverts hold their hands together. We're living in a society today that they're more upset over taking a back seat than they are over taking the, the life of an unborn child. We're living in a society today that people are flipping out when someone's not wearing a mask and they're coming out to, and killing the millions of unborn babies. We're living in a wicked society. We have lost our minds in this country today. We're living in a society where everybody's drunk on entertainment, drunk on money, they're drunk on sex, they're drunk on power, 
They have gone crazy. That's the society that you and I live in. It's a scribe society that Paul's living Titus is. So you know what you got to do? You have to have careful activity. Before you jump into something and yoke up with something, you better look at it and say, do I really want that? Do I need to be with them? What will the outcome be? You need to really check up with the people that you hook up with, the things that you do in your life. Be careful of the activity in your life. Chapter 2, he talks about the elder women and the elder younger women and how they're to support, to act. He talks about uh, the elder men and the younger men, how they're supposed to act and how their uh, lives to be uh, stoned and unturned. He deals with them all. He, he, he don't leave no stone unturned. He deals with everybody in here. He says, you got to do it. In chapter 2, he tells them they ought to do, be doing Verse 14, you gave himself to us that we might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto him peculiar people zealous of good work. Do you see why God saved you? He redeemed you from iniquity and purified himself. Verse 15, these things speak, exhort, and rebuke all authority. Let no man despise. He said, Timothy, Titus, I, I, I want you to tell them constantly, reaffirm, constantly tell them, and don't worry about what they say about you. You have the authority by God because God gave you the authority. Don't worry about it. Can I tell you to people, don't worry about what they think about you today. God gave you the authority. God gave you the word. And that's what you ought to do. This morning I'm giving you the word of God from this book. Don't worry about it. I'm reminding you to have careful activity in a wicked society world that we live in today. This morning we have even gone uh, further out than Paul ever thought was possible to go in our society. We got social media, we got uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, we got Facebook, we got all these things. And he said, you ought to be careful. Can I say this? If you are on those things, if you own Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, all these things, and I've seen people who claim to be Christian on these things and watch some of the posts they post on these things. You ought to be ashamed. If you claim the blood of Jesus Christ, I know three girls in the church took a snap and posted it in church. In church. All three of them smiling thought it was funny you are associated your name with Jesus Christ you ought to be careful how you act and what you do don't discredit him don't discredit him don't don't say hey I'm a I, I love Jesus and get on there and and post some filthy garbage on this uh, Facebook junk and they're out there they're out there be, care, be careful what you associate with the name of Jesus Christ in your life. When you say you're, you're, uh, you're a follower of Jesus, you need to be careful what you allow to come into your life and attach itself to you. You need to be careful. Because if you're not, it'll drag you down. If not, if they, the boss says, hey, you need to constantly remind them of this, Paul, Timothy, uh, Titus. You need to constantly remind them, hey, if you don't, you go right back to what you were. I told him this morning in Sunday school, hey, 
I've never seen a Christian go into the bar and convert the bar to Christianity. Never seen it. I've seen plenty of Christians go into the bar and the bar convert them to alcoholism. I've seen that. Don't, don't, don't think you, you got so good. Don't think about it. You get hanging around something for so long and it gets attached to you and it gets marred on you and next thing you know, everybody sees you and that's what they associate you with. You say, I, I'm a child of God, but yeah, you don't act like it. You don't walk like it. You don't talk like it because the things you allow to come into your life. The things that come into your life. He, he said, he said, uh, Make sure you reaffirm them. Make sure you constantly tell them that what's going on in their life. He said, you be aware. Verse number nine. Caution awareness, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and striving above the law, about the law. For they are un- unprofitable and vain. A man that is a heretic after the first and second, abomination reject, knowing that he that is such a subvert and sinner being condemned of sin. Paul gives a list of things that really need to get service for God's sidetracked. For me and you. These things can get you sidetracked. He says things that can sidetrack you foolishly, foolish questions. Genealogies. Talking about, I, I'm from this tribe. I'm from that tribe. I'm better than that tribe. I'm better than you. Can I say that we're all a sinner saved by grace this morning? I don't care what side of the tracks you came from. I don't care what tribe you came from. We're all born again. Washed in the blood. Going to the same heaven. At least we should strive to be just like everybody else this morning. And he said, with contentious and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain, these things that will wreck your service. You see, Paul knows some men uh, maintain things that you will kill your service. You know that he's, uh, he said it will sidetrack your service. The main, the main thing was getting out of those little petty things in churches that will sidetrack you. Things that make no difference. I've seen churches get upset over the color of a book. Song book. Half want this, half want that. And get upset and split because of it. Those little petty things in your life and in the church will get you sidetracked. I've seen the churches where they just knit and pick every little thing that's going to be done. The money is going to be spent. Where it's going to go? What's it going to do? How's it going to do that? When the church loses everything, they wonder how in the world we get to where we're at today because they let nitpicking those little things that didn't matter to them to death. Sounds like Baptist churches, don't it? I'll tell you. Here I'm all ready to shout and worship. They walk in with a bunch of complaints and whining and complaining about everything else. That will kill your service for the Lord. 
You get your eyes off of Him and on everything else everybody else is doing, you'll kill your walk with God and you'll see it and you say, well, I ain't going to be like them and I'm not going there because they're this and they're that. No. If you come to the door looking for God and looking for God only, God will bless you and your service will get better. And it'll make the service go a lot better. If everybody comes looking for the same person and I'm not the person, if everybody walks to the door looking for God, you'll find Him and we get our eyes on Him and let Him deal with the service this morning. He said, this is a faithful saying. This is reliable. This is trustworthy. You can take this to the bank. I wonder this morning, how is your service to the Lord? Has God got something he's called you to do and you slipped on? You're not moved on? He's asked you to do this, but maybe... Your focus is not where it should be with the Lord this morning. Maybe you, you're, you're thinking, well, I'll just forget that and somebody else do it. You know, God, if God has called you and spoke to your heart to do something, then he's called you. He's called you to do that. So where's your service at with the Lord this morning? Have you slipped on him? Have you backtracked on him? Today you can get it right. I just want to remind you where he's brought you from. And I want to remind you where he's taking you to. Amen. I want to remind you that. He is still God. He is still in control. And he is still coming back. Amen.